Hello, beautiful humans. Aliyah Chan here, and welcome to Human First Podcast, a space where I talk to inspiring individuals about their mental health journey in an effort to increase mental awareness, normalize struggle, and end stigma. Together, we embrace hope and celebrate all parts of the human experience. As a mental health podcast, I acknowledge that these sensitive matters may be triggering for some. If you are in crisis, please reach out to the crisis center in the area that you live in or call 911. Your safety is top priority, so please always listen in a way that feels comfortable and safe for you to do so. Thank you so much for joining me here. Today on Human First Podcast, I sit down with Chapman Chung, husband, father of three beautiful daughters, and a cancer warrior. In 2019, Chapman's life changed when he received the diagnosis for kidney cancer and found himself fighting for his life. With the power of family, he was able to find the strength and inspiration to carry forward. Now as a cancer survivor and with Terry Fox as his role model, Chapman is a leader in his community and an advocate for those battling cancer and makes it his intention every day to live with purpose and hope. I hope you all enjoy our conversation today. Um, Well, yeah, so nice to meet you this morning, Chapman. I'm really looking forward to hearing so much about your story today. Um, Yeah, and just have the listeners hear about your story. Before we even hit record, you said, um, talk about and show your heart. I think that's such a wonderful start to this. So I'm going to turn it over to you and get you to begin wherever this powerful journey really starts for you. Mm, Okay, well, um, thank you so much for having me um, on this uh, podcast. Um, uh, An opportunity that uh, I think uh, has been blessed to me by uh, Terry Fox, actually. Mm. Um, I'm an SFU um, grad uh, in kinesiology, and today happens to be the start of his Marathon of Hope. So fitting. um, It is really fitting um, as uh, I had a cancer battle Um, and uh, the cancer battle actually started for me. Um, I was first diagnosed uh, June uh, 17th, uh, uh, one day after Father's Day. Um, Mm. For your listeners, I have um, three children um, ages uh, at the time, they're ages 10, uh, 7 and 5. And um, three little girls. Yeah, yeah, three little girls. Um, and uh, it's interesting because, you know, I, I know your mom uh, yeah. because she used to do my taxes. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's yeah. again, um, you know, one of those uh, uh, interesting coincidences. Mm-hmm. But um, my diagnosis of, of, uh, of cancer was actually of renal cell carcinoma, which um, is a type of kidney cancer. And um, there's no family history of uh, cancer in my uh, family. Um, mm. I'm a kinesiologist. I'm a pretty healthy individual. Yeah. Um, and uh, I coach people to be healthy and live a healthy lifestyle. Right. So um, uh, I guess in early June, I, I peed um, and there was a little bit of blood in the urine. Mm. Um, and it got me a little bit alarmed. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, my wife is an emergency room nurse. And so I said, Hey, uh, this isn't quite right. So yeah, yeah. Are, are you able to like, let me know and maybe calm me down a little bit. 
So uh, she said, yeah, probably just a kidney stone. You're about, you know, mid forties. So probably something pretty common. Okay. So I thought, okay, that's great. Um, But then I said, well, you know what, maybe I should actually um, call the doctor just in case, um, just to get things checked out. And so uh, when I did call the doctor, I got my appointment, I went in, we got um, an ultrasound done. Mm -hmm. um, And, uh, and then I said, okay, well, uh, you know, the rest of it is, is just waiting. And so uh, the day after Father's Day, uh, we actually had a big picnic. Uh, The school was uh, ending. And so Mm. all the all the uh, kids went to the water park and um, and my wife was at work um, at uh, Surrey Memorial Hospital. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, I had an appointment. The doctor called me in the morning and said, yeah, you have to come in. And Mm. I thought, oh, okay, well all right, well, maybe it's just to say that I'm healthy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, wishful, th- but, hopeful uh, thinking. Yeah, thinking. that's right, hopeful thinking. Yeah. Mm. So I, um, I went uh, and, you know, carried on my day. Uh, yeah. The girls went to school. Uh, my wife was at work. And of course, um, during the, the time, it was a, uh, a picnic. And so right. we, we brought out food and uh, kids gathered and played. Uh, fathers and mothers were all together with their children as mm. it's the, the year end. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so anyways, I, um, I, I finished the, the picnic and then a few hours later had the appointment. And of course, okay. um, with, uh, me having three young children, I brought them with me to mm. the, um, appointment. And so I sat in the doctor's office and, uh, the doctor came in, gave me the news and said, mm. um, you know, uh, Chapman, I'm, I'm afraid I, I don't have very good news for you. And, yeah. uh, those are some of the words that you don't ever want to hear your doctor yeah. say. Yeah. Um, so he says, um, it appears that uh, the, the thing that they found on the ultrasound um, is consistent with renal cell carcinoma. Mm. And um, being a kinesiologist, I mm. know that anioma is yeah. a type of cancer. Right, <laughs> right. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I was pretty shocked. Um, yeah. And um, I didn't know what to do. So yeah. I, I uh, asked him for the piece of paper um, mm-hmm. that, you know, had, had the information on it. I took a picture of it and then I uh, sent it to my wife uh, uh, via WhatsApp. And mm-hmm. um, uh, for any people that are listening, um, you know, if you're going to send pictures, maybe preemptively tell them <laughs> at the doctor's office and, that, you know, hey, I don't have such great news. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you might want to sit down for this. Yeah. Um, so anyways, my, my wife being an ER nurse, she kind of like, okay, she, she was in the mode. Um, so yeah, she yeah. saw what was going on. And, um, and then, you know, I said that the doctor is going to be, you know, she asked me how I was doing. Yeah. And I was like, well, I just found out that I might have cancer. Um, so I, I'm like, I don't know how I'm doing. Um, yeah. I really don't know. Um, yeah. Shocked? So, like, was it a, a shocked feeling or even maybe a state of you haven't even processed it yet is sort of what I'm getting there, Chapman. It was completely uh, disbelief. Um, yeah, and disbelief. yeah, absolutely, absolutely in shock. Um, yeah. You know, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I was right. expecting like a really large kidney stone. Um, right, yeah, right. But, uh, but there was no pain in my body. Um, so I felt normal. And so now it's like, okay, well, I feel healthy. I look healthy. I'm behaving quite healthy. Um, mm-hmm. But now my, my mind is totally 
you know, yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so um, being being a person that has a smartphone and likes to take pictures, uh, uh, my first picture that I took uh, after that was a picture of my girls. They're all on their iPads <laughs> and they're in the waiting room waiting for me. And then I thought, you know what? Daddy's going to fight. Mm. Oh. oh, an emotional moment there for me, Chapman, just hearing you talk about that. Like you got this, this news and I want to check in with you, right? How is mm. it to remember that moment and just to really decide I'm, I'm going to fight after looking at your girls? I mean, what was that like for you? Well, um, it was, it was okay. Yeah. At the time it was okay. Now I'm feeling very emotional. Yeah. Um, because, you know, being a being a father and being um, sort of the man of the house, you kind of figure that you know you've you've got things in control, right? And I said, God, you put me here for a reason. Mm. You've blessed me with these girls. You've blessed me with my wife and the relationships that I have. And I'm like, whatever, whatever's your willing, yeah. is going to be. It will be what you want it to be. Mm. And I'm going to surrender because mm. it's not up to me anymore. Mm. Um, it's up to the doctors. It's up to um, my attitude, uh, my positivity. Mm. It's up to my support team. And it's really, it's really a great opportunity um, for me to grow spiritually um, because I didn't grow up uh, in faith. I mm. actually uh, became Christian um, uh, after my wife and I were experiencing uh, some troubles in our marriage early on. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So this year we're going to be hitting um, 18 years married. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Is, yeah. Thank you. And um, I tell you uh, to all your listeners um, who may not be in that stage of marriage just yet um but um if you are in that stage of marriage and that you're on that stage of relationship and you think it's amazing mm. um there is something even more amazing to come mm. and um i'm i'm reminded of uh ted rogers um uh, there's a statue of him uh, outside the CN um, or outside of the Sky Dome in Toronto uh, by mm -hmm. CN Tower. Mm -hmm. And his quote is, the best is yet to come. Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay. I'm always reminded of that. And yeah. then, of course, um, you know, getting in close to the 40th anniversary of the Terry Fox run, I will, always thought I would do something very special um, for the 40th anniversary and volunteer tremendously. Um, I didn't expect to be uh, the spokesperson. <laughs> or, or the, you took the it head face, on, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the new face of cancer in Fraser Heights. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that's how it uh, that's how it kind of turned out. Mm. And um, gosh, uh, I can't believe uh, the journey that I've been on. Um, you know, because uh, I I um, you know it was seventy one days um, from diagnosis to cure. And, 71 um, days. Yeah. And uh, 71 of the longest days you might I'm imagine. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. And is it okay, Chapman, to take us into that those 71 
yeah, days. Absolutely. What did, what did that time look like for you? No, oh, uh, everything seemed to slow down. Um, everything seemed to freeze uh, a moment. Uh, you know, every minute seemed like a, an hour or a decade <laughs> because it just looked like I, I just want to get this uh, solved and figure it out. Um, in the midst of it all, um, you know, had to uh, get a specialist consultation. And so, um, you know, after I got the information from my doctor, my wife um, said, you know, come into the ER. Mm. And I said, uh, okay, um, it doesn't seem like an emergency, but I guess cancer is an emergency. Mm. Um, so yes, uh, I, I took her advice and I said, yes, I'm going into the ER. Um, you know, interestingly enough, Cindy was uh, 10 days away from finishing her master's degree in nursing. Mm. Um, mm. So amidst all of the things that we're doing, she's in the middle of her, well, actually at the very end stages of her master's degree. Right. And so uh, she was quite stressed and busy and working as a nurse right. and then also being a mom. So yeah, yeah, know, I think I, that's so interesting, right? Because for you, time really slowed down. Mm-hmm. It, tent- it, it, it froze is what you mm-hmm. sort of said there. Mm-hmm. And yet though, there were so many aspects of life that were, were still progressing forward. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the summertime is our busy time with birthdays. Mm. Um, my daughters uh, are in May. Um, mm. uh, my wife's in July and then okay. another one in June and another one okay. in August. So wow. it's okay. like, okay, summer of celebration is what we like to call it or the mm. summer of sin <laughs> <laughs> um, because my wife's name is Cindy. So we call it the summer <laughs> of sin. Cute. Yeah. And, um, and we get to celebrate, but, uh, you know, after you get that diagnosis, you know, there's very little, uh, uh, celebration in your heart. Mm. Um, but of course, um, you know, I, I kind of, uh, boxed it away, uh, like, um, you know, compartmentalized it and said, okay, well, you know what, when I have to deal with it, I'll deal with it. Um, but you know, as, as good as some people might be at compartmentalizing things, um, mm-hmm. and as, as, as much as I think I'm a good compartmentalizer, I really am not. Um, mm. Unfortunately, cancer trickled into every aspect of my life, and mm. mortality uh, trickled into every aspect as well. Okay. So things got shifted in perspective. Right. Uh, celebrations were still very sweet, and I was able to behave um, like... I normally do um, pretty happy, um, pretty smiley and pretty like, okay, I, I love my kids and I'm going to yeah. support them and, and uh, be there for them and right. create these memories. Um, right. And, and not knowing um, whether or not this would be the last uh, mm. celebration because at that time you don't know if uh, that celebration is, is going to last uh, for the next one. Um, so yeah. And I, I just want to hold space for that a little bit, Chapman, if it's okay. And what's it, what's it like to be in that mindset, I guess? I mean, I, 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 I don't know if you can even describe that in words, right? Really, what mm-hmm. is that experience like to have the thought in your mind of what if this is the last time? Um. It's, it's, a, it's a very surreal mindset to have. Um, yeah. It's not a mindset that I, that I um, wanted to have, but yeah. it was always a question that kind of burned in my head. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I, I typically uh, am a very uh, positive individual. Uh, many people say that, you know, what I've done or what I'm doing is, is, is always in, in good nature or, mm. or has, a, has, has my heart in the right place. Mm. And so to have my heart shift um, yeah. was like, it's, it was very disruptive. Yeah. Um, disruptive is, is a very kind way to put it. Um, <laughs> it, it was chaos. It was utter chaos in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be um, showing you my heart. And, mm-hmm. and in order for me to do that, um, it was the shits. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It mm-hmm. was just mm-hmm. fucking awful. Yeah. And it was a nightmare. Yeah. that I was living. Mm. And I was like, how do I push that thought out of my head? Because right. you know what, this is the first time they're going to turn this age. So mm. why don't I think about it that way? Um, mm. You know, you know, and it's like, yeah. how do you make that paradigm shift? So um, something that my wife uh, saw was she saw a change in my, um, my demeanor. Mm. And so she's like, what do you need? What do you need? Like, I work here for you. Nothing matters. Health matters. Yeah. You know, and um, for me to go from someone who's uh, a tremendous like caregiver to a care receiver mm. was like, whoa, wait. <laughs> right. Actually, thank you, but I don't need the help. It was a little bit of my feeling because right. I think I think maybe it's like just being uh, a male mm-hmm. um, and having, you know, some of those kind of uh, biases in, right. ingrained in me to right. be strong, to be a provider, um, you know. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've always been kind of a, an emotional individual, someone who uh, can empathize with others, um, who's willing to, to go um, into places that are uncomfortable mm-hmm. and, um, to, to stay in that uncomfortness or to mm. stay in that discomfort is, um, is quite challenging, Yeah, but it's one of those things that I think everyone needs to do. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thank, thank you for being vulnerable there with us Chapman, because, um, I, I think to sugarcoat an experience like that would be, would, would be unfair. It would be unfair to your experience, unfair to people who want to know more about just what that's like. And so I appreciate, right. That, that honesty, it, it I couldn't imagine that it would be any, <laughs> anything less than the shits. Right. I think, mm-hmm. um, and, and to, yeah, go back to when you were mentioning, right. You're that father figure mm-hmm. right you're that man of the house so to say mm-hmm. and to give up that role in some way mm-hmm. that the challenge in that mm-hmm. and though I, I'm also hearing you say in some way it was needed for you to happen that there was so much growth in that as well for you absolutely yeah tremendous growth yeah. and um, to see the the other side of uh, my family to see their strength to see them come together. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if you can see him behind me. It says Team Chung. I love it. I'm, I'm looking at the pictures as I'm kind of talking to you as well. And it's so much joy, so much joy behind you. Yeah. And that's, that's the reason. Like it, Team Chung came about uh, a long time ago. Mm. But uh, to understand teamwork um, is, is pretty incredible. And, um, you know, something that I needed to do was uh, understand that this was my journey and, um, and take it on head on. And um, my wife's best friend, um, she, uh, she had a mom um, who recently passed uh, from breast cancer. Mm. But um, her mom was diagnosed um, and she had a battle with uh, breast cancer for about 25, almost 30 years. Um, and she's my inspiration. Mm. Um, she's uh, a gentle human being um, with a warrior spirit. Mm. And I thought, oh gosh, what would that have been like for her? 25 years ago to be fighting, um, you know, with a teenager, my kids are not too far away from that age. And I thought, okay, well, but look, you know, she's my age and, you know, uh, now she has kids. So she was a grandma and uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I want to be there too. Mm. So this is what I'm going to work towards. And, um, so Terry Fox being an inspiration, people around me being an inspiration, um, my children being inspirations. Uh, it's like we all play a role. Mm. And my role happened to be, um, you know, take care of your health, understand yeah. how to take care of yourself, and um, really understand how to uh, communicate with others mm. your needs. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, me being, a, um, I guess, a, a, a servant leader. Um, I always wanted to be the person that always served and um, be the be the host or be the be the dad that does it you know for them and and be the support to my wife and things like that and um, yeah I didn't really feel like that anymore Mm -hmm. uh, because of the diagnosis but um, another thing was uh, a shift in mindset was my diagnosis doesn't define me Mm. It doesn't define me as who I am. Um, you know, um, my Hall of Fame inductions, they don't define me. Uh, people don't know that I've been inducted twice into mm. two different Hall of Fames. Mm. Um, and that's okay. Um, you know, people don't know that I'm an electrician. People don't know that I'm a kinesiologist. They just, they just see me as, as a dad. And mm. uh, that's my greatest vocation. Yeah. Um, to be a father and to be husband. Yeah. 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 I really like that you touched on that because I think this whole podcast, the reason truly why I wanted to start it, that intention is that you are more than those labels, right? You are more than your experience. And Mm -hmm. though this was a defining part in your life, Mm -hmm. you didn't let it then define you though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely shaped me, though. Um, one of the biggest things that uh, changed for me um, to get me out of that mindset was um, to understand exactly what the uh, diagnosis was. Mm. Um, so 
after going into the hospital, the emergency room, I'm going to sort of take us back again. Yes, I, yeah. I feel like we've kind of sidetracked. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, for this me. happens. This happens. Yeah. Take us back. Take us back. <laughs> I, t- I tend to ramble. Um, but back to the emergency room, I met with um, uh, Dr. Scott Finley. Um, he was uh, the attending um, ER physician. And um, he actually asked uh, Dr. Andreo, um, who was actually in surgery, to come and see me. Um, he was, uh, he's the head of urology at the Surrey Memorial Hospital, and he actually turned out to be my surgeon. Mm. Um, so he came uh, into the uh, room. And um, the moment he came into this, uh, the room, he touched my uh, leg. And I kid you not, I felt the presence um, the presence of God. Mm. And for me, I felt totally at peace. Mm. You know, my wife was there, uh, Dr. Finley was there, and then Dr. Andrea comes in and then puts his hand on my, on my foot. I've never met this man before in my life. Mm. <laughs> and, um, you know, it felt like a moment to where, you know, Jesus can touch you mm. and you can feel that peace. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I did feel that sense of peace. And um, from that moment on, I was like, okay, I trust this guy. And um, that to many individuals, uh, trust is, is, a, is a challenge mm, yeah. to give someone your trust. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason he was very trustworthy. Um, and I don't know why, mm. uh, I don't know if it was, I was in a desperate place. Um, I was in a vulnerable position. Um, I'm not sure, but yeah. you know, my wife and I were very uh, stoic. Um, and it's actually very cute because my wife uh, took a selfie um, and both of us are uh, with our with our painted smiles. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, it 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 is genuine, but it also is a moment of extreme, I guess, terror. Yeah, fear, <laughs> fear. I yeah. Can imagine. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. So, um, anyways, the the doctor uh, uh, called for an emergency uh, CT scan. Um, which was going to happen the next day. Um, they could have kept me in overnight uh, so that I was in the hospital. Um, but they gave me the option. They said, if you'd like to go home, you can go home and come back tomorrow morning or you can stay overnight. And um, at that time, the girls uh, didn't know what was going on. Mm. Um, they were at home with um, uh, uh, their auntie D, uh, my wife's best friend. Um, and um yeah, and so they were a little bit freaked out because um, yeah. yeah, daddy had to go to mommy's work. Yeah. And uh, anyone that goes and visits mommy's work is not in a good position. <laughs> mm, they know that? Yeah, they know that. Yeah. They know that. Okay. They know, they know mommy's uh, an emergency room nurse and that okay. uh, people who are very sick or who need a lot of help right away uh, need to go to the emergency room. Mm. So, um, so anyways, uh, they, I, I come home with, with my wife and, and we explain to them, you know, uh, we explain to them openly and honestly. And we say, um, it looks like uh, daddy might have uh, cancer, but we don't know. Mm. 
Mm. And they're like, what's cancer? And uh, my eldest um, uh, knows of the Terry Fox run. Mm. So this is the hard part for me. She says, I know Terry Fox. I know he had cancer. So the question to, from my daughter, my oldest daughter to my mom, uh, to her mom was, mommy, Terry Fox had cancer. Terry Fox died. Mm. When is daddy going to die? And that's a tough question. Courageous for her to ask. But a really tough question to try and answer. And, you know, when you're answering a question like that, and when you're um, a parent of these young children, mm. you, you just answer them honestly. You say, well, first of all, daddy's not going to die. Mm. There is no timeline for daddy's death. And each cancer is different. And we don't know what type of cancer it is. So there's going to be a biopsy. So, of course, children are in tears. We are in tears. Mm. And we have to get to work. You know, daddy has things to do. Mm. Um, The first thing for for me was to figure out how to help my daughter process um, that, you know what, the the cause and effect is not, Mm. you know, that relationship. It's not that linear. Um, But I really like how she thinks, Mm. Um, you know, because she's not jumping to any conclusions. She just knows that Terry Fox had cancer and ran and and died. Mm. So um, to a 10 year old, um, you know, and a, and a seven and a five year old, they're just kind of like, okay, you know, it's, it's very simple. Um, yeah. So we, we wanted to keep it simple as well, but we also wanted to be honest and upfront. Yeah. So um, we wanted them to understand what we knew, um, but we also wanted to break it down as, as layman's as possible. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Surrey Public Library has this book uh, from Scholastic that uh, talks about cancer, talks about mm-hmm. biopsies, talks about ultrasounds, talks about CTs. And we took that book out and she read it cover to cover. And did that ever like ground her? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it was probably a good read for me too, because right. I didn't know anything about this either. Yeah. 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 I, well, I first just want to touch on that yeah. beautiful moment of togetherness that, I could really see how close you and your family are, right? I, that's such a hard question for your daughter to ask, yet she trusted you to give her an honest answer and you did. And I think that's so important and so beautiful to hear during that time for you and your family chat. And so thank you for mm-hmm. sharing for sharing mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna, yeah, I, I do want to ask how that, was for you to explain this to your daughters what is cancer help them process while you yourself was still processing 
you still had to be a father at a time for when life was really difficult for you. So yeah, how was that? How was that? It was so challenging. Um, and, and it was a, it was a challenge and an opportunity for tremendous growth. Um, my wife and I had always wanted to, um, uh, be honest with our children because we want them to be honest with us. Mm. Um, and relationships are always a two-way street. Um, so in order for you to establish that, um, someone has to go first and, uh, why don't, why don't the parents go first? Why don't the leaders go first? Mm. And so I thought, okay, well, you know what? Terry Fox was a leader. <laughs> he mm. was a kinesiologist. Um, you know, I was 44 at the time. Terry passed at 22. And I thought, ooh, okay, I've had, I've had two Terry Fox lives. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm grateful. Mm. I'm very grateful. Mm. Um, but like, yeah. Um, you know, how do you lead in a time of tremendous vulnerability? Yeah. You know, how do you dare to lead as Brene Brown would say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. What type of, what type of courage yeah. <laughs> is, is that going to be? Mm. Uh, and what type of, what type of, uh, what type of human being do you want to raise? What type of human beings do you want to impact? What type of inspiration do you want to give to the world? Mm. What type of legacy will you leave? Mm. And those questions are circling and they're really existential questions yeah. that um, I don't think anyone really wants to think about mm. until they're faced with um, faced with something that's uh, a critical illness mm. you know and mm. so uh, yeah uh, I'm grateful for the ability to ponder these questions um, even kind of before um, the diagnosis because mm. uh, my wife and I really want to um, love our children but then also um, seeing the example in your family um, create human beings that are caring, loving, compassionate, um, fruitful. Mm. And um, that's what I see in you and your sisters. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So. Thank you for that. And I, I mean, I don't know too much about your daughters and that we've never met them, though. The way you talk about them, Chapman, I feel that inspiration. And I can already tell to have a father like you, they're going to be just fine it's making me emotional because I'm thinking of my dad and they're very lucky to have um to have such a strong person in their life so thank you for that thank you no you're very welcome yeah I've I've always admired your mom um mm -hmm. she's she she first started with a connection with um and always asking um how how our family is, you know, whenever we visited for taxes and, you know, she, she's like, Oh, it's just like my family. <laughs> and, and it's like, Oh, you have three daughters and yeah, you know, yeah. And things like that. So yeah, uh, always had that really great connection and mm. watching your uh, sister go through med school and uh, 
you know, playing volleyball with her and mm, yeah. <laughs> this kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you know what, inspiration comes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I want to, I want to take this opportunity actually to thank your mom. Mm-hmm. I will let her know. I mean, she'll listen to this episode too. So she'll hear it your, her, herself, but I will definitely yeah. um, share that message. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe let me know now and the listeners what, what that looks like for you today, right? That, that in that sense of inspiration, yeah. Well, that sense your of recovery and just, yeah. yeah. Well, that sense of inspiration is is uh is is so different for everybody. Um, what I it's really it's really weird for me to be able to be inspired mm. by everything around me. I mean, my wife is a is my true inspiration. Um, I, I I told her before I started this podcast. I said, "Thank you for being my inspiration." She, um, she's a very private individual, and um, and uh, but she's she is uh, who inspires me to to be um, who I am. Um, and to, to marry her, to uh, journey life through her, to raise kids with her, it's, it's incredible. So, um, you know, and, and the friends around us as well, um, talk about incredible human beings mm. that hold space, you know, it's not often, you know, um, where you get a, an opportunity to have someone hold space. And uh, so I appreciate uh, you stopping mm. and taking time to hold space for particular moments mm. so that uh, we can actually feel them mm. um, and process them. Mm. Uh, I was never very good at that. Mm. Um, it's difficult. It's hard. It's hard. You bet your bottom dollar it's hard. <laughs> um, uh, but the thing is, like, it's so um, transformative to be able to do that. Um, and it's so enriching uh, for, for me to do that. Um, uh, people in university uh, called me uh, social lubricant. They also, they also called me happy chappy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I kind of stuck with that a little bit. Mm. But, um, but of course, understanding that, you know, uh, humans are so multi whatever and um that's why i love your your podcast because you know um you know we we see glimpses of people and we have a a a form you know sometimes you know you think you know their story Mm -hmm. um and that's why i love your podcast so much is because it actually dives into um the the more human aspects. Um, I'm not just happy chappy. I'm not Mm. just a kinesiologist. I'm not just an electrician. I'm not just a father. I'm not just a husband. Um, We're a multitude of things. And not only that, we're a multitude of emotions as well. Mm -hmm. So being able to hold space for each of those emotions, I think is a a really important task. Um, It's something that I'm continually learning. Right. I have nowhere close to mastery of it whatsoever. Mm. Um, and I stumble a lot and I get um, mixed up and I get trapped into my old habits a lot of, uh, you know, ignoring things and pushing mm. through. 
Um, and it doesn't allow me to process. It doesn't allow me to uh, hold space. So I really appreciate friends and, and people who can hold space and who understand that each journey is different. Each diagnosis is different. Right. Uh, each project is different. Uh, each outcome is different. Um, and that's why I, I kind of uh, use the hashtag uh, hopes up warrior. Mm. And um, I kind of took it from uh, the marathon of hope because uh, I thought, okay, well, Terry Fox did a marathon every single day for 143 days in a row. And he did it with a van trailing mm -hmm. behind him, mm -hmm. his best friend, and later his younger brother. And um, yeah, I, it, was, it was so crazy because a month after my surgery, 30 days after my surgery, um, I uh, got a chance to meet Daryl Fox. Mm, wow. And I got a chance to shake his hand and meet his daughter and also say thank you for the Terry Fox Foundation, because um, I feel that Terry Fox first inspired me, but then secondly, um, has probably created enough funds to have early detection, <clears throat> as well as technology to understand uh, the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's so cool to hear those links between Terry Fox's family and just that inspiration to you and your cancer journey. Um, I mean, I grew up in the suburbs. I grew up in Port Coquitlam learning so much about Terry Fox. And I think it's yeah. always been a story that I've heard, but in some way has felt kind of distant. I think it's one of those things where you learn about a local celebrity. We, when you're young, you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, I know Terry Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to take this time this morning, Chapman, to really hear the impact it um yeah, I don't know if I have the words to describe it, but I, I feel that closer connection to that story now just through you, which I think is really cool um, because, yeah, it is one that I've known my whole life. But to hear you speak today and just how, um, how important it was for you to know about him and to be inspired by him in order for you to come to this, this space of peace and hope. It's a really cool experience for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the, the other cool experience that happened uh, for me was 10 weeks after my um, uh, cancer surgery. Um, I had been sharing my cancer journey on social media um, after I had recovered from my surgery um, or, or after I was recovering from my surgery. And 10 weeks after the surgery date, uh, I was approached uh, by email um, by a writer um, from the US. And she says she's writing something for, um, for kidney cancer. And she wanted to find out if she could hear my story. So she reached out to me and I thought, okay, this is bogus. <laughs> this is not <laughs> real. Um, but uh, it actually turned out to be legitimate and um, my story was published and I got to share uh, the Terry Fox story with her. She's yeah. in New Jersey. Mm. She's never heard of Terry Fox. Yeah. She did not know of this person running across Canada for cancer right. research. Right. And um, she left that information in the article. That article reached 200,000 wow. medical offices wow. in the United States. So, so cool. Um, yeah. So hopefully more people know of his story. 
um, more people can be inspired um, and and hear about his legacy. Yeah. Um, but then also um, connect with each other um, and share the story because you know what? In 40 years ago, um, in 1980, cancer was kind of like, what is it? Mm. It was a death. It was a death sentence. Yeah, is what it was. Yeah. Mm. And so wow. cancer's cancer's not a death sentence. So I want your listeners to know cancer yes. is not a death sentence. It's a it's something that's manageable mm. um, uh, to an extent. Mm. Um, but stay positive. Keep your mm. hopes up. Uh, the marathon of hope was was ran for you. Mm. Um, Terry Fox uh, did the impossible and and tried the impossible so that we could all, you know, experience something different. And um, so I get a chance to now, I guess, carry on this marathon of hope and allow people to uh, connect to it better. Um, Yeah. And, you know, uh, for me, um, the cancer battle was a mental health battle more than it was a physical battle Mm. um, because I was in good physical shape um, going into it. Um, but my mental headspace was, was all over the map. And so, um, yeah, so I, I've, I'm still, you know, I'm still processing, um, and still working through things, but, um, being able to share is, uh, is an opportunity that I think is healing for me. Um, but then also, uh, hopefully healing for some of your listeners, um, you know, who, who want to understand more about what this journey might look like or what this yeah. journey might look like for men or right. what what this journey might look for fathers uh, mm-hmm. with young kids mm-hmm. um, you know mm-hmm. uh, I've always thought that my survival story um, you know might be a, a guide for somebody um, in the future and um, you know there's no better way uh, to to, um, I guess, continue to connect with others by sharing the story. And um, so thank you for the opportunity. I mean, thank you. Thank you. Um, I have identified so much with your story and learned so much. And I'm not a father and I have not been diagnosed with cancer and I don't identify as male And yet your strength and your resilience and your vulnerability is one that I have learned from. So I really, again, truly appreciate um, you sharing your story with me this morning. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I I think um, one of the the things that I actually learned in 2019 actually took a a life-changing course for me Mm. um, that was in Port Coquitlam. Um, on January 2019, I was part of the first cohort of a, of a program called Be More Than a Bystander, which is, um, uh, is, is uh, basically uh, from the Ending Violence Association of BC. And um, I'd learned a lot of lessons in that. Um, and that, that kind of tagline of Be More Than a Bystander right. applies to me in my yeah. health journey. But then it also applies to me as an electrician to help uh, be a male ally to mm. women in trades because that mm. was what the program was for. Really cool. Yeah. So it was a three-day program, 28 
men uh, got together to become um, trained to, I guess, um, to, to end gender-based uh, violence and harassment and bullying at the workplace. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I kind of looked at cancer as a bully. <laughs> and I said, yeah. no, no to cancer. Right. Um, you know, and I stood up and, I, and I'm speaking out and I'm breaking the silence um, so that others can um, stand up and fight or yeah. be inspired by uh, the journey. Um, and so, you know, in today's uh, environment of, um, you know, sort of the, you know, sort of the um, political state, well, not political statements, human rights statements about Asians uh, mm. is something that uh, kind of kind of uh, resonates really uh, well with me, especially yeah. what uh, what uh, Eileen Park Robertson has mm. uh, has said um, and how she's spoken up. Um, she's breaking the silence on mm. um, what uh, what women and Asian women are are capable of and mm. and what they can be. Uh, what can, they can do, as well as um, uh, who they are as as individuals, and right. and uh, yeah, just how strong they are. So yeah. I'm inspired um, <laughs> all around me, and it's so weird to to be in that position. And I hope that other people see inspiration in their family, uh, inspiration in their friends, inspiration in the media, right. um, because you know what, it's not all bad news. Mm, yeah. That's refreshing, actually, for me to hear, because <laughs> um, it's it's easy to get it's easy to get caught up in in the negativity, mm-hmm. um, and yet, yeah, reminding ourselves that there is so much more positivity and inspiration and hope out, out there as well. Um, mm-hmm. We just have to be open to it, and you were open to it, and it was transformative mm-hmm. in your experience. So it's a mm-hmm. lesson for us to to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're all battling something. You know, we all have our personal battles, our own personal struggles. We are all warriors of some yeah. sort. You know, um, when I look at my parents, and I look at my grandparents, um, wow, they had some serious struggles. And um, they had to battle through, um, you know, really, you know, not first war problems, you know. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, of course, you know, what, what do we see? We see fruitfulness, um, yeah. you know, come from it. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, it, we, we, if we look up, we, we should be able to find our way. Mm. Um, yeah, so we have to keep our chins up and uh, keep looking forward and up. Um, oh. Yeah, and, and share the stories and connect with each other. Mm. I mean, we're, nobody is beyond... Uh, beyond reproach, you know? Um, So I thank you uh, for just being able to um, connect. And Mm. uh, I'm so glad that uh, I've made a connection for you with Terry Fox. Yes. Um, And uh, and I hope that, um, well, so many Canadians already have such a huge connection, but I think the younger generations um, uh, uh, could use that inspiration right now. Right. very much so. Yeah, we yeah. can do hard things, you know, as yeah. human beings, we can do hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some people are crazy enough to try impossible things like a marathon every single day on yeah. a prosthetic <laughs> leg, right. um, you know, uh, for 143 days in a row. Mm-hmm. And uh, so 
for the next 143 days, my social media will be uh, inundated with a thankful uh, reminder of inspiration. Um, and um, yeah, and it's just one of those things that I'm going to be saying thank you to um, people that I know um, that have cared for me, that have um, inspired me, that have uh, paid it forward for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I want to continue uh, paying it forward uh, for others. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Well, this is a wonderful little transition to those three questions that I like to end at the end of each episode, as you're already on gratitude, Chapman. Yeah. I mean, let me start off with my first question. What are you grateful for? I'm today, uh, especially today, I'm grateful for Terry Fox. Mm. Yeah. Um, tremendous young man with uh, courage, um, with integrity and with passion. Yeah. Yeah. And compassion, actually. He did it for everyone else. He didn't do it for fame. He didn't do it for money. He didn't do it. Well, I I guess he did it for money for cancer research, but he didn't do it for himself. Yeah. 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 So selflessness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great role model for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, My second question is what makes you feel like your best self? Wow. What makes me feel like my best self? Being with my family makes me feel like my best self. Um, Being a part of Team Chung makes me Mm -hmm. feel like my best self. When I'm connected with my wife and connected with my daughters, um, you know what, we all make up this team. And uh, uh, being... um, you know, being a, an inductee into the Hall of Fame for uh, lacrosse as the sport, mm-hmm. um, I, I know what it's like to play a role. I know what it's like to be committed. I know what it's like to fail. I know what it's like to succeed. Mm-hmm. And so um, we do everything as a team. And so my, my success for cancer and success in general um, actually comes from my wife and from my kids. Yes. That makes me feel like my best self. Again, like just looking at the pictures behind you and I see that. I see that. Yeah. And my third and last question for you today is what does being human mean to you? Wow. Being human to me means seeing the goodness in each other. Mm. Um as my faith has grown due to my kidney battle and cancer battle, I I think we are all um, made in his image. And if we're all made in his image, then what good can we see in that Mm -hmm. individual? And how do we find it? And how do we discover that good? Um, Because I do believe that most people um, have good in them um, the majority, the vast majority, actually. Um, and the people that commit, say, crimes or that, um, you know, do, you know, the nasty things, um, they're very few and far between. But of course, you know, media picks it up and mm-hmm. it becomes something that's in our forefront. Yeah. So I really like uh, the good news channels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I like uh, being human. Being human means seeing the good mm. in, in others. And then 
um, inspiring um, others to to reach their full potential. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chapman, for this beautiful and inspirational morning. I really, really appreciate you and the time we spent together today. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time.